0: Hello and welcome to the Cruise Cast. I'm Ben Hyten. Hi, I'm Alex Blurdy. We're in the process of watching all of Tom Cruise's films in order, having successfully made our way through all of Arnold Schwarzenegger's films. We're up to 2005 and it's War of the Worlds. It's his second collaboration with director Steven Spielberg in the Big Man Chair. Alex, in yeah. previous episodes. In fact, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna quote you, right? Right. I would like you to listen back to something you said just a couple of weeks ago. Okay?
1: Okay. Play the clip. (laughs) I have a feeling. I I will say it. I'm going to say it right now. But just as like a little predictive thing. I think War of the Worlds is, for me, for Tom Cruise, what Batman and Robin was for me, for Arnie. Wow. I mean, that's, that's hyperbole,
0: man. That's... You're going to eat those words. There's a lot of good stuff in War of the Worlds. I know,
1: I know, I know. I'm just... End of clip. Okay, fine. So, not his Batman and Robin. Okay. Uh, Or his Jingle All the Way. Okay, good. But I'm not eating my words, all of them. I'm only eating the bats and the robins. I don't even know that I can defend my dislike for this movie very much because I don't know that it's the movie. So what I did to give this film the fairest chance I could possibly do is I read H. G. Wells' original. I watched the original theatrical film, the first... The George Powell one from the 50s. 53, yeah. Yeah. I I watched that last night, and then today, this morning, I watched the 2005 one. There have been lots... Of War of the Worlds adaptations, sure. I think seven films in total. Actually,
0: that's if you don't count things like Independence Day,
1: some of the cheap knockoff Asylum yeah. movies. But straight up, based on H. G. Wells' movies, yeah. there's about seven. People keep trying to make movies based on this novel, right? And I don't understand it. I don't get it. So, it, so it's not that I'm eating my words necessarily. This film has a lot of good in it. I actually really enjoyed watching it this time. Okay? Good. But I I re- what I realized is the bit that I hate the most about it is the HG e. Wells bits.
0: So this is exactly where I wanted to get you to, which is actually yeah. your problems with the film are problems at source. This is a yes. this is, in my opinion, the single best version of War of the Worlds and any of its rip offs that have Agreed. ever been done. Hands down. The problem is, not that Spielberg has lost his knack for endings, it's that H.G. Wells' original ending is no longer particularly relevant. It was quite clever right. at the time. But you have to bear yeah. in mind, this was 130, 140 years
1: ago, something like that? Before, we we we, we barely knew what our solar system was. Yeah? yeah, We barely understood even what the planets were. Let alone that we're in a galaxy. Let alone that there are even other galaxies. I don't think we actually found out that there were other galaxies. We thought our galaxy was it. They didn't know that there were these other, other pinpoints of light in the sky that weren't stars. There were there were galaxies. Of course,
0: yeah. Well, our understanding of the universe is, is largely from the last 50 years. Right. Right, good. Okay, so that's a good starting point. That's our it baseline, buddy. It is good.
1: So, but I didn't realize any of what I just said now, any of the history of any of that, when I went to go and see the movie. I'd completely forgotten about yeah. the novel. Yeah. I'd read it when I was a teenager. So I just went, and also, it was the same weekend that Batman Begins came out, and we'd been itching for a really good Batman movie, and h- here it was. It was a week after,
0: but you probably went to see them both on the same weekend.
1: I did. I went okay. to go see them the same weekend. Fine. The point is is that I think even Spielberg himself said, yeah, of course I'm not going to do well. <laughs> I'm up against Batman, and that's an excellent movie. He admitted it. He said, that, I think Batman just came, uh, like you said, the next week and smashed it. It just
0: Well... They both did pretty well, to be fair. Did they? Yes, they both did very well. All right. uh, But save that for numbers. Okay. So for anyone that doesn't know, War of the Worlds is a classic uh, science fiction fantasy story which posits that alien species has been watching Earth and its resources enviously. And uh, it sends down superior technology to not eradicate imprison and farm mankind for its own use. Wackiness ensues. Just before we get into Spielberg's film, what did right. you make of the George Powell one, the 50s one?
1: It was pretty boring. Oh, really? I really have to say. Yeah. Um but that's that's a problem with that kind of era of movie. The the effects dated pretty badly, but I was sitting there going, This is pretty good for the time. I mean yeah. they're really good effects. I was quite impressed by up by bits of it but just sort of I'm sat there watching like uh. uh the acting is 50s acting yeah it is i i don't know what else to say about it. it but it's there a, a classic it's
0: like when you think of a, a a 50s science fiction b movie right it's exactly what you think of when you think of that isn't right.
1: it right and I, at first i was thinking okay it's not fair to compare them because they're just so far apart but there's so many things in the 2005 one, the Spielberg one, that are an homage to the 50s film. Sure, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And even separate from trying to stick to H.G. Wells' book. Now, I just think where Spielberg comes undone in this is that he's trying to do justice to the original novel and to the the 50s movie. At the same time as
0: flexing every technical muscle that he's developed in his career. Yeah. So he's agreed. trying to make a yeah. serious-minded modern disaster movie at yeah. the same time as using very schlocky genre
1: source material. Exactly, and that's where that's where it doesn't match, and that describes exactly my feeling of why I don't I don't like this film. Ultimately, right. that doesn't mean there's nothing good in it. I'm not I'm not gonna yeah, yeah. say it's rubbish, but but so it's, but it's little things like there's a scene in the fifties one where uh, what's his name someone Gene Barry. He's the main actor in it. Who, Ray Ferrier, surely is, that's the name Ray Ferrier. Huh? No, it's not. Uh, Gene Brown is the actor. I don't actually know. He's, a, he's an astrolog- astrologer or something. Uh, astrologer? Astronomer. Uh, so the characters have a lot of parallels with the characters here. In the sense that there's the main character in that he has specialist knowledge. You know, he advise, he's advising yeah, yeah. the government. It sort of, it sees him through, but not that well. It's kind of a fluke that he survives. The same thing for Tom Cruise's character, Ray Ferry, is that he's a mechanic and it's his mechanic knowledge that sees him through, I guess, to some degree. It's, it's really tiny little things, but again, trying to keep, keep being keeping with the design. Incidentally, Spielberg's design is much more like the original mm-hmm. novel's design than the 50s movie. The 50s movie tried to modernize it, and they don't have tripods walking around. They say that it, they're on invisible legs. Yeah, it
0: would have been a lot more difficult to do that in the 50s without... A- right. I mean, you would have had to actually yeah. build it.
1: Yeah, and you can actually see the wires holding the covering craft. I, I mean, think that's charming, you know. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. Is, is there, there not another I way like around Captain it? Scarlet, you know. Yeah, but that's not what this is. Yeah, I know, but... That's not what this is. It's if the whole thing's puppetry and effects then you can, you can forgive Dude, that it. That film was made before my mum was born, right?
0: You've got to give it some slack. Yeah, your mum's you know?
1: ancient. <laughs> She's pretty old. <laughs> no, that's not. That's not fair. Sorry, Mrs. Saiton. The the point I'm trying to make is I'm not if I can forgive old effects, that's fine. It's just, you know, Spielberg wouldn't have it. Cameron wouldn't have it. You just use the effects of the time. You use what yeah, to yeah. keep it realistic and I I don't know. I don't want to come down too too negative on things. It's just there are that there are elements that don't need to be repeated. Is what I'm trying to say. He's yeah. I don't care that I think it's cooler. The tripods are, are cool. I, I'm not saying they needed to be hovering craft. The design's fine. It looks great. There's nothing in this film that looks bad in comparison to the fifties. Tom Cruise being covered in white stuff yeah. is again. It's a salute to. There's a moment in the fifties movie where they nuke. They tried to nuke the the, the tripods. Well, I
0: think that's actually, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think that was something that was a visual representation of something that Spielberg was trying to talk about with this film. So in order for this to be a sort of constructive, fulfilling conversation, let's talk about the things that are not very good first. And then let's talk about the things that are actually quite good. Fine. So we'll get all that out of the way. Yeah. I mean,
1: we've already—I think we've already nailed it really early. Is you know, I don't know that we need to labour the point. It's that Spielberg came undone because he was trying to do too many things with this film, and instead of just sticking to what he does best, unless you rewrite the ending of War of the
0: Worlds, which he clearly wasn't interested in doing with this, no, you're going to have a weak ending. And I think most people's feeling about this film, yeah, comes from the fact that the ending
1: is rubbish. It's a really weak ending. But not only that, Spielberg's a great storyteller.
0: 100%.
1: And and uses excellent devices at telling you little things in the film. Incredible nice visual storyteller. Yeah, exactly. Just little subtle things like when the, when the tripod first comes out of the ground and it's got this huge lamp of a headlight, the camera just does this tiny little whip pan down to a broken headlight of a car. It's like, that was cool. It's a really nice little juxtaposition. It's subtle. It's not labored. It's... Those details are really, really important to storytelling and sucking you in to, I guess, visual allegory, if you want. So that there's lo- lots of that, and there's lots of that in lots of Spielberg films. It's great. And yet, the two worst parts of the film, not only the ending, the beginning too, it's like you get Morgan Freeman doing a word-for-word narration yeah, yeah, yeah. from H.G. Wells' book. Yeah. And there are so much better ways... Of explaining the concepts that H.G. Wells was trying to explain, and it fe- the language feels arcane. I-, I don't know how it adds to this modern adaptation of the film to say we are going to use the exact same words H.G. Wells used. Okay. It's a token gesture. It's nice in terms of like, tr- like the same way that traditions are nice. It doesn't make the movie better. It makes the movie worse. It holds. It weighs the movie down. In, in an old way of storytelling that doesn't fit the modern genre, a uh, disaster movie genre.
0: So I will come back to that. Yeah. Because we're talking about things okay. we don't like. Yeah, I do think simply the inclusion of Morgan Freeman doing voiceover even twelve years ago was already done old to Old Cat. Yeah, yeah. Old cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By the time he played God it was over, right? Yeah. <laughs> I actually really loved the first couple of minutes, the the pre credits montage. I think it's it because what it for me what it's doing is it's absolutely setting up that this is on the one hand pulpy stuff but at the same time yeah yeah fine whatever shortcomings the story has we're going to do this in such a slick way just get on board with how this film looks and straight away because i haven't seen this film in years yeah yeah straight away i was i was like hooked i was like me too i'm really looking forward yeah. to this i'm really looking forward to it
1: yeah i i was I was excited. I was tense. I was. I was interested. Watching the original one, I was thinking, I'm really looking forward to watching the modern, the new one. one. Yeah, yeah, totally. So there's that contrast as well. And uh, you know, they are. I said at the beginning, it might be unfair to compare them. It's only fair in the sense that they're both trying to stay true to the original story. That's the fairness in the comparison of the movies. Otherwise, there's no comparison. Only in the sense that Spielberg is clearly paying homage to both the film and the book.
0: Because that's from the area that he grew up in. So I think, yeah. yes, obviously he's doing what all of those guys in the 70s did and paying homage to the films that shaped them. Fine. And now he's got the toolkit to do like the War of yeah. the Worlds movie. And, it, and I think to a large extent he did it. Sound ye olde spoiler klaxon. The ending of the film... It just doesn't work. Uh, it, no, it doesn't. There, there's so much in this film that's quite ruthless. And I really applaud, again, how yeah, much Spielberg yeah. managed to get into a 12A. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's which really I wanna, on the edge. I want to talk edge, more about yeah. as we get to the second yeah. half of the film. But there is no reason within the logic of the story for his son to come back at the end. With every, If we're saying a billion people have died, we've even seen Tom Cruise himself... Have to kill a guy in front of his daughter, pretty much. We've sort seen some some really around. ruthless stuff on the road. Accept the sacrifice. We accepted it at the point that it happened. To bring him back is cheating. It's cheating your audience for something that they emotionally hooked into if you've done your job as a filmmaker. And the only reason to bring him back at the end is to complete Tom Cruise, Ray Ferrier's little journey into discovering that he needs to be a better father fuck that. He he delivered no, the agreed. daughter
1: back to his wife. Agreed. And that was the problem that I had. You know, he did the best he could. And I think it would have been a stronger message for parenthood. If doing the best you could doesn't always work, that doesn't mean that you're bad. Exactly. Yeah, uh, it would have been much better. And that was what I walked out hating the film the first time i saw it That's, me too man it had nothing to yet. do with the H. U. wells wending It's the family story throughout i actually this time around i liked a lot more of the elements of the family story than i did when i first me saw me too it. Yeah. yeah Yeah. and i thought dakota fanning was fantastic i thought she was, ex- shock. She was excellent in this yeah what a shock when is she not you know? yeah yeah when is she not and even though i just thought oh god she's gonna be that brilliant little cute kid and yeah she is brilliant and fine and she wasn't even actually that cute she was a bit annoying at times but she was playing a very realistic kid Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's something it's really quite interesting I this so the Anne Robinson character in the original one uh, by the way I don't know if I said it earlier I think I I cut myself off um Anne Robinson and Gene Barry are the grandparents at the end so they they are the main principal characters in In the the 50s film and they they just show up at the end which again is spielberg overreaching for saying look see i saw the original and yeah. i was like we get it we get that you saw the original we get that this is a it's basically a remake of the original it's, it's like
0: having um yeah. when they have david soul and uh i can't remember the other guy's name the guy that directed running man turn up at the end of the ben stiller and wilson starsky and hutch right okay. hey what do you think of the new guys you know, oh, I see. It's that seal of approval thing of like, yeah, okay, fine, remake it. I don't care.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: <laughs> they didn't even have a line. Like they didn't. You know. And she's not very good in her four seconds on screen either.
1: No, well, Anne Robinson? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what she. I didn't not, even
0: notice. Not Anne Robinson
1: from the Weakest Link. We should say at this point. Very that, different. Although, that Robinson. would have been amazing. Yeah, that would just be amazing. Like we can't get the actual Anne Robinson. But they are just like, they do sort of just turn up like, like, hey, like they're, they're <laughs> on the steps of a kind of I'm a brownstone. I'm still alive! <laughs> yeah, it's like, and they're waving as though like they're accepting an award or something. And yeah. hey, thanks, we were here. Um, so Anne Robinson's character in the 50s one is, there's a moment where she does that typical 50s, like, hysterical woman yeah. that needs to be grabbed by the man. Yeah. And shut up! calm down you know whatever he says you know and he but bo- he doesn't slap her but he might as well have and then she does she she calms down by looking into his strong eyes she calms down i mean how kitsch and wonderful like we never get that anymore and I- even if you would have a hysterical woman that might be calmed by a strong presence albeit a man or anyone saying calm down that's fine But that hysteria, you'd never see a guy getting hysterical like that. And that's something that's really important that this film didn't do. It didn't completely take out that hysterical thing because it had the daughter being hysterical, which fits, you know, a child being hysterical. And Tom Cruise's character is unhinged throughout. He's not this strong guy that knows exactly what to do. He's trying to stay strong. He has moments of, of, if you want, like saviourness, but it's not it's not it's not an unbelievable character if you see what i mean this ray ferrier character. brings me to the
0: other big problem that i have with the film right so is i think ray ferrier suffers from what i like to call jack dawson syndrome what's that jack dawson is leonardo dicaprio's character in titanic who right. is a street rat he has won his ticket onto the world's greatest ship in a card game therefore should know nothing about the titanic and yet seems right. to know more than anybody else on that ship what to do when an unthinkable disaster happens. Ray Feria right, Okay. often does the same in this. He's the only person that thinks yeah. to replace a solenoid in an engine. He's the only person yeah. that notices the seagulls on the tripod at the end when you've got hundreds of trained military operatives around. And I understand that you need your central character to be compelling and smart and all of that
1: stuff, but... It's a little bit too much in this for me. Yeah, so there's quite a lot of contrivance, I agree. I don't know that he's got full-blown Jack Dawson syndrome. I think maybe he's at stage one or two. I think stage two, two, yeah. Right. I mean, if Jack Dawson is stage five of full-blown Jack Dawson, obviously I agree with you. But what's, what's interesting is that, you know, of course what you're saying is a problem and it doesn't take me out of the movie that much because... I think Tom Cruise is one of the best things about this. He's really good in this film. Yeah. Um, So despite what he had to work with, uh, it's believable. He's a believable character. I agree his actions aren't so believable. There's a lot of flukiness in it. He's trying to be somewhere in between, like, realistic. What would you do if you really didn't know what to do? But our principal does need to get through. And that's fine. I love characters
0: that use their wits and smarts. Yeah. But it isn't through action. Yeah. But he's got a level of insight that's just,
1: we need to draw the dots. Right. So the only way that this movie makes sense, and the reason why I enjoyed it so much this time, is because every time I watch a Tom Cruise movie now, I'm thinking, this isn't really the movie I'm thinking I'm seeing. It's happening in the Cruiserverse. After years of lying about his father dying, his father dies.
0: Rather than dealing with his grief in a healthy way, he resurrects Ethan Hunt and goes and shoots lots and lots of guns. We jump back to the pre-Jerry Maguire, pre-Ethan Hunt days to find out how Tom Cruise ended up with his fetish for masks in Vanilla Sky, which also bridges the gap to 200 years later. Rather than waking up in the far future, as he was told... He wakes up 50 years in the future and becomes pre crime's first hero in Minority Report. Now unstuck in the space time continuum, Tom Cruise regains some semblance of honor as a samurai in the 1800s Japan. By the time he returns to modern day Los Angeles, he has a death wish, coupled with a newfound philosophy about the universe in collateral. If you wish to make a movie star from scratch, you must first invent the cruise Woo! woo. So we last, we last saw Tom Cruise bombing around LA with a bullet hole in him on the MTA.
1: And he said to himself, I've had enough of this shit. I'm dying on the MTA. No one's going to know I exist. I need to start a family again.
0: Start a family again or go back to the family that he's already started.
1: That is makes so much more sense. He he had to go back. And he, so he just said, I, fuck it. I'm done with all this stuff. I'm going to get myself a muscle car. I'm going to piss around with some mechanic stuff. I'm gonna try and be the dad I never was. My family barely know I exist. I take any old job and so he's a crane operator in wherever it is. New, New York, years. isn't it? Is it New York? Yeah. One of the boroughs of New York. Yeah. And great, you know, so that's what he is and we just we join Tom Cruise when he just feels like he's trying to settle down, trying to make something of himself. He's 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 messed up. He's a bit of a waster. Um, I
0: don't know that he's messed up. I think he's blissfully a
1: bachelor well yeah but he's not completely happy with his life you know he's just trying to do the right thing he's trying to live a normal life and do the right thing but what everyone else doesn't know is that he is also a world-class spy it has been yeah. he has been he <laughs> helped me out here man what are the other characters
0: well i mean we have to bear in mind that just a few weeks ago yeah he was in feudal Japan, so <laughs> yeah.
1: right, so uh, the guy knows not war. feudal japan, sorry that's he not right war. not, not feudal he knows japan. when things are coming, and it makes the scene with letting his son go make perfect sense. Mm. You have to fight a war to stop fighting a war and where where's left for Tom Cruise to go in the cruise of but to fight a war on a world scale. This is when Tom Cruise first becomes aware of, of a real alien presence in the universe this is,
0: yeah this is definitely the most yeah. epic conflict he's been caught up in yeah. and i think what's really sad for him is he i actually the reason i said i don't think he was that messed up is i think he was in a pretty good place compared to you know where he has been yeah he's just trying to get shit together is what i'm saying he was fixing
1: yeah. a, an engine yeah, yeah. he was you yeah. know he's got that lush car yeah because that will fix all your problems right fixing up engines. He's got
0: a pretty sweet pad in a in a borough a, a pretty nice borough I think of New York. And yeah, he's just looking forward
1: to after everything he's gone
0: through and the realization of what it means to lose a father, he realizes that he's been a bit of a deadbeat down himself. His teenage son comes to visit. What's he he just wants to do all American things. I want you to order pizza. I want to crack open a beer and we're going to throw a ball
1: around in the backyard. And his kids aren't having it because, because he's it he's so teens. out
0: of time. He's so out of touch.
1: Yeah. He's, he's an anachronism, he's
0: playing out a nineteen fifties version of what it is to be a dad, and they're yeah. millennial kids, That's and they're exactly not having it. That's exactly
1: what's happening. That's exactly what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, fucking hell. There's no way even the cruiser could have predicted what was about to
1: happen. Hummus. His daughter ordered hummus.
0: Well, I was referring to the invasion of a technologically superior species. you know,
1: he was just as pissed off about the hummus.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are are we okay with the Cruisiverse? Because I think... Yeah, yeah. No, we're good. That's it. That explains it all. Because the hummus... There is something about Tom Cruise when you put him together with Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg likes to get those horrified comical faces out of Tom Cruise. And the moment where he bites into the pit with hummus... I remember yeah. seeing this in 2005 with my brother-in-law sat next to me and he burst out laughing at that face that yeah. Tom Cruise does. And he doesn't even like Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tom Cruise's funny faces, they're pretty good. Yeah, they are good. Anyway, right. I think, I think we've covered off most of the things that are not good about the film, bar yeah, we, one important one we that we'll
1: come to. Uh, I, I think so. I just, just before, because I, I know it's going to come back. And forgive me if we do come back to things that annoy me because as we go through more elements of the film i might just say that I, I didn't like that and i think you and i could have there's bits we like and bits we don't like that we yeah. don't we don't necessarily agree on i'm I'm up for trying to bench the the negativity for a bit but just on the um what do you call it jack dawson syndrome yeah it was quite unsettling and i came right out of the movie when there's the crowd scene where the the crowd are uh, like trying to nick his car, yeah, which makes no sense to me at all. Like, do people really think that they're going to get in the car? I mean, I don't understand it. It's not, but it's not logical. It's It's panic. It's a a mob mentality. I get it. And I know that that kind of stuff does happen. I'm aware of it. It's still, I'm not saying it doesn't make any sense in terms of film filmmaking. I'm not faulting the writer. I'm just saying it's such a crazy thing to see. Hmm. Like, 200 people trying to get into a one car it it doesn't make sense and you've got this guy like trying to rip open the windscreen with his bare hands Mm. it's like ah so they managed to get tom cruise out of the car it's a fight and not there isn't a single gunshot no threat no it's just people scrapping and i'm just thinking okay fine and there's a moment where tom cruise decides right i'm getting my gun out in a crowd of 200 americans he's the only one who has a gun as I'm watching, as I'm watching this. Hang on. Fair and I'm enough. thinking this makes no sense. It's the first time the scene's been going on for, for uh, you know, five minutes. What the hell? He, okay. Tom Cruise gets the gun out and everyone stops. No one. No one says, Oh, but wait, no, there's one other guy with a gun and he holds it up to Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise gives in because all he wants to do is get his daughter out of the car. So it's fine. You know? Okay. And he's not a killer yet. We know he's not quite going to kill. Okay. But still, not so. But that guy's the only guy with a gun. It does again. It doesn't make any sense. He gets in the car. Whatever. Minutes later, they're hiding in a diner. Oh wait, there is one other guy with a gun still who kills that other guy, and takes the car. But without incident, it seems. It seems that people have given up on the car because they're like, whoever's got the gun is going to get the car, and they're going to kill you for it. So, it, yeah. It, so. But that made sense. I just think that it should have been much earlier. I know you miss out on all the tension yeah, and all the yeah, stuff exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. I don't a, think it would have taken that long for people to get their guns out.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. I, I have to say, I never once had that thought watching it. Fine. Uh, okay. I, 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 think I get it. Right. This isn't the Walking nowadays. Dead. It's a
1: it's a twelve. It's a twelve a. It's yeah.
0: But I know this is going to make me sound really naive. Yeah. But it does feel like even just eleven, twelve years ago it was a very different america and P- possibly, uh, possibly. In sort of and it up, depends up, on the area as exactly. well so exactly like, upstate new york guns. is not you're right not
1: uh, everyone's got texas guns, so true, yeah. true 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 um,
0: yeah. and i think today yes if you were doing this there would be guns from minute 1 people would be running back to their houses and grabbing guns straight away and
1: looting stores and everyone yeah. would be walking around with guns because we've because we've seen that stuff
0: a lot more since then as well
1: Yeah, so it's everyone's idea is to carry yeah. guns whatever and seeing it on film is making people have ideas like, I'm not prepared for this, so they want to have weapons.
0: And so I think this is what's really crucial to making this film more than simply just a visual spectacle. I mean, not only do I think it's better than all of the War of the Worlds adaptations, I actually think it's one of the better disaster movies. I don't think 2012 or San Andreas or any of that stuff comes close to it on a sheerly artistic level, but also in the the way that it conveys the family unit. I actually do care about these characters where I don't care about any of the characters I agree. in 2012 or I agree. Dwayne Johnson's daughter, you know, or any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. There is something that Spielberg is very preoccupied at this point in his career, and it is around the direction that America is taking. Because this is post 9 11, this is post invasion yeah. of Afghanistan, uh, yeah. post invasion of Iraq, Saddam Hussein, all of that.
1: Yeah, I love to go to Fanning's thing. She's in the back of the car it and it all oh, shit it's the fan. Is it the terrorists?
0: So the it's dust the, the dust on Tom Cruise's face is a direct allusion ah. to the realisation on September the eleventh that the stuff that's people were washing off their faces was human debris. And that's, that's what his moment in the mirror is. But also You're I right,
1: th- it's much more it's human ash, yeah, from everyone being vaporized. Yes, exactly. He was he was running through clouds of vapour. That's not drywall. That's right. It's his neighbor. Yeah, it's his neighbor. Right.
0: And I th- and I believe Spielberg spoke about that very thing when the film was coming out.
1: But at the same,
0: at the exact same time that he was making this film, he was making Munich, right? Which is a film about taking vengeance for an act of political terrorism. This is a film about trying to fight back against an act of intergalactic terrorism, right? Well, unstoppable force, really. But I, yeah, and I think yeah. this. Actually, what Spielberg is saying with this is America is the aliens and Afghanistan is America, if you see what I mean.
1: I do, but I think
0: you're going to have to clarify it, yeah. The invading force in this film
1: is what America is in the real world. Oh, I see. And America in the film is Afghanistan. Right. Yeah, interesting. And so this is is what
0: I wanted to say about using that narration at the beginning. Yeah. And I think as much as it is simply paying homage to um, Wells and George Powell and all that stuff, I think there is also an idea in that that what you're about to see is nothing new. We've been doing this for hundreds of years. yeah, yeah. And it's really sad that we're still it, doing it.
1: And it's just saying, and it's the and actually H.G. Wells' words are pretty good when you read it that way round because its intelligence is far superior to our own. And when you compare America to Afghanistan, that's certainly the truth. It's like, there's no contest. It's not. And, and, you know, drones and airstrikes from far away that don't cost them anything. So then where it becomes undone is the sense that, you know, it doesn't leave most modern people, even if they do believe in God, any sense of sort of peace um, about this kind of thing that's saying, oh, right. So God, God did it by putting bacteria on the planet.
0: Th- thanks. It's unfortunate. It's that...
1: by, by the grace of God that we ended yeah, up with bacteria on the planet. Yeah, it's unfortunate that there. wordings there. And it was deliberate it was Mm -hmm. deliberate and it's like so we're saved billions died but the ones that survived are saved and that's okay because again it doesn't make sense and it doesn't make sense that the sun lived as well you know and again
0: if if is going to follow through on what i'm saying here the sun should die the sun is the
1: volunteer going to war Exactly.
0: But I think there's there's lots but, of really interesting but if he
1: lives if he lives then you can make the family point of if you let your rebellious son go he'll come back to you which is the point he's trying to make.
0: Yeah. You know, the only way that works at the end is if his son is a hallucination. <laughs> right? If <laughs> right. He, if Ray Ferrier is so sleep deprived that he's hallucinating that his son came back to him then I'll buy it. Okay. But look at the symbolism that's used in not only the arrival of the threat but then, what their job, what their uh, plan is later on in the film, the aliens I'm talking about, <clears <Yeah>. <clears <throat> they come for what's under, literally under the ground, right? Mm. Why did we go into Afghanistan? Yeah, yeah. For what was under the ground. We're yeah. taking the lifeblood out of that nation. That's they're, interesting. They're spraying the blood of the people onto the ground to yeah, farm. It's pretty dark. It's pretty dark. And this yeah. is the other thing that I love about this film. It, apart from the fact that you've got Spielberg doing just phenomenal spectacle at times, the way yeah. this film is shot is unbelievable. I
1: go as far as saying seamless, actually. Mostly, yeah, yeah
0: mostly. Yeah. He'd really like yeah. he'd really nailed down his work with ILM at this point and and previs and all that sort of stuff. And I think AI actually was key in doing that. the The depths of horror that he's willing to go to in the second half of this film, I really admire. I, yeah, I think trying oh, yeah. to make a genuinely horrifying and it is disturbing at times 12 yeah. a action spectacle is really yeah. amazing and, and also the
1: whole Tim Robbins stuff as well that like so I don't know what that's saying it's it's either um, it's a moment out of the film or it's great do, do you know what I mean it's like you could cut him killing Tim Robbins and you wouldn't lose anything. I don't know that you wouldn't lose anything. But I actually quite like it because it's showing the evolution of his character. Of that he's starting to realize he's going to do what's necessary to protect his daughter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, go to that dark place. And this is what's so frustrating. Not, not to be... I know we keep going on and on about it. But it's, like, it's, a, it's disappointing that all he learns and all humanity learns is that bacteria saves us. But with all that he's learned, he's just going to use it to be a better dad. Okay, well, that's great. That that's admirable. I'm I'm glad that this is what it took for him to be a better dad. It's not an interesting story. I I left that film thinking there are other ways of telling a family story. It's you put it in. You've crossed genres here, and it doesn't work. What What are the military doing? I want to know what other people are doing. I want. I don't want to know any more about what these characters are doing. Even though I will admit I cared about them, I didn't really care enough to follow them this film i've been quite happy if it just like when it like we we see the rest of we just leave tom cruise and dakota fanning and we see what his son goes off and does So so
0: there's so there's a clear point in the film where i think a lot of people basically said fuck you spielberg and that is when there's clearly an enormous battle going on just over the ridge of the hill it's when tom cruise's son is trying to get away from him and join the resistance. Yeah, a lot of people voice the opinion that you're voicing now, which is, I want to see what's over the hill. I don't want to yeah. see Tom Cruise grappling with yeah. his son. But, 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 but what a, I yeah. think yeah. is that is whether you like it or not, what separates this film from things like The Day After Tomorrow exactly. and The Transformers because exactly. we see that stuff all the time. Yeah. And He's honestly, yeah. is it exciting when we see no, that? It's really it isn't, boring it now.
1: Isn't. No. It, it, well, not really boring, it's been done a lot and it can still be done well and it still is done because it's what people want. But I'm learning through this conversation with you, how really how much Spielberg was trying to do with this movie I didn't get at all any of the, you know, war uh, terrorist Afghanistan uh, allegory. I didn't get that at all. And having you said all of that, that's it. that's more of what he's trying to do, not just I'm going to do something different, not show you the war, show you a story about the random people that we don't ever get to a see. A personal perspective. Yeah. 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 Which I actually do like that. I just don't like that. It all turns into a family movie. No, it, no. Fair you know, enough. That's the bit I don't like. So it's a good idea. And I think it's, it's in given that and given the allegory he's trying to do, the war is something far away from most Americans. It's not something that they're experiencing. It's, it is over the hill and out of sight they're yeah. not yet yeah, so so again i i'm i'm realizing that the the movie's taking on a whole new dimension for me in this conversation that i i i didn't read at all which you could say is a failing of the film but also he's trying to he's trying to do too many things at once that's what it seems like to me it's like it's not clear exactly what it is that he's trying to do
0: okay so we have to park all of the allegory all of the okay
1: you know to to yeah, appreciate
0: yeah. it on those terms does it work as an action spectacle right and i think for the first hour yeah it does yeah yeah, yeah. i think really, the the really, growing sense of dread yeah the palpable sort of rising tension the way that that he uses continuous shots to only show you the edges of the action most of the time the bits of the action that impact our characters is very very skillfully done and things that most directors I'm not able to do in such an engaging way mm. all of the scenes in the car like both on the freeway with the camera like just drifting around the car yeah that was amazing. excellent amazing and then yeah the, the the scene that you mentioned at the ferry port the guy trying to crawl through the hole in the window just a, a horrific image finishing off with the, the guns
1: coming out there was stuff. second i was like is this turning into a zombie movie because that's what it was like yeah
0: and for me, what was really surprising yeah. watching it this time is all of the big action beats were well, not what I remembered about the film. I remembered the crappy ending and I remembered the stuff yeah. with the Dakota Fanning. Yeah. So when we get to the, the ferry sequence, yeah. I'm still sat there like yeah. an hour into the film with my mouth open wide. Man, This
1: is the, gobsmacking. <laughs> the burning train. I've yeah. never seen anything like that. It was excellent. Brilliant. Like I, was, I completely didn't remember it at all. And just, so the, so the scene is, is people are waiting there and you hear this ding, 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 like like a train's coming through. They're all waiting there patiently, like good humans. And, you know, when they've got this impending doom coming towards them, I don't know that they're so aware of that at that time, this train that's on fire comes hurling past like at, you know, at a top speed and everyone just watches it like shit. And they all get this look that's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty freaky. But well, it's not the freakiest thing I've seen today, so it's okay. Yeah. And then and then they just carry on, and yeah, and that fairy sequence is is really tense. So,
0: <clears throat> and even even before then, it's what Spielberg does so well. It is what separates him out from the majority of the pack. The scene where they pull over because Dakota Fanning needs to go pee, and she goes running all the way across the field, and Ray is shouting after her, "Just stay in sight." Hmm. And she's saying, no, that's looking. He's like, I'm not yeah. going to yeah. look. Just stay in sight. Yeah. And she goes off behind a tree. And before yeah. she can do her business, just hundreds of bodies come floating downstream. Yeah. It's horrific. Yeah. But the way that he shows it, yeah. literally in the face of Dakota Fanning. That's right. Yeah. And then Tom Cruise comes and rescues her and says, that's mm. why you don't run away or whatever. That's why you stay in sight. I just think there's all of these, these choices that he makes about how to present this horror in a way that actually is how you would feel if this stuff was happening. What would you actually yeah, it's see?
1: In, in that sense, it's genius. Yeah. It really is.
0: So then, an hour in, I am still frequently gobsmacked. And I was sat there thinking, yeah. how the hell is Alex going to make... If he stands by his guns here, how is he going to make the argument for this not being a good film? No. Yeah. And then Tim Robbins happens. Tim Robbins... Wow, I have a really fractious (laughs) relationship with this guy. Yeah. He has the ability to do wonderful things. I think the player is brilliant. Shawshank is brilliant. Jacob's Ladder is an incredible performance. But most of the time, he's just a massive overactor. And I think he is terrible in this film.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't, he's a caricature of some creepy guy he's badly cast I yes he
0: is because you know, they're trying to cast tim robbins as a blue collar new york hey you know yeah, let's you get the invaders kind of thing there are literally hundreds of actors that could have played that part better yeah yeah, yeah. but you went for a bit of stunt casting because he won an oscar a couple of years earlier yeah and who's not going to work with spielberg and as a result i think all of that stuff with ogilvy his character that should be a turning point in the film that takes it to a really dark place. Yeah. But it just doesn't work for me at all yeah, because yeah, of Tim yeah. Robbins. And that's where I think the film starts to yeah, trail yeah. off.
1: And it's that's a real shame So again, that's why I said there are things that we'll the things we agree, things we don't agree. It didn't it didn't take away for me the fact that it's Tim Robbins. I won't disagree with you though. It's it's not, not a good performance. I just wasn't thinking about that. I was just I was during that whole sequence I was focused on how annoying that character is in films like this <laughs> when you get that character who's clearly unhinged, who's she's going to fuck things up and i'm already on board with tom cruise's jack dawson-ness that he's going to find the way out so just do what tom cruise wants you know don't do what this other character wants you know it's john goodman's character in um cloverfield i was just right? going
0: to say let's recast the part you've just yeah. done it put john goodman in that role yeah sold you, yeah
1: god that could have taken it over the edge man that would have been right. amazing yeah but did john had john goodman at this stage ever done anything his... bad
0: no R- really no that's not true either king ralph come on oh right you're fine <laughs> no John, John. i know had he
1: found his cloverfield you know do you know what i mean john goodman's good in cloverfield because of what he's been through and he's matured as an actor yeah but he's
0: he's always be pretty good i mean he's no, been working uh, with the cohen brothers isn't he don't,
1: don't don't get me wrong i think that uh, i think he would have done better in this role <laughs> yeah yeah well who who else would you like to see in the role of ogilvy uh, right um ah oh, jesus almost anyone you know <laughs> i just god it was really weird i'm sorry i'm not generating uh actors but i just say this there was one moment where he where tim robbins sounded exactly like rick sanchez like, <laughs> we gotta we gotta go get them ray we gotta, we got we to gotta get the guy out right there. Ray, we're going to do it, Ray.
0: It would have been great if Dakota Fanning had just sat up and gone, Oh, jeez.
1: <laughs> so to come back to the acting, it felt like bad acting. Who would you recast? Can you think of anyone?
0: Well, I'm kind of stuck on John Goodman now, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's why I was struggling.
0: Any of those great New York actors, though. You know? If you could have got a, a De Niro, it would have gone over the top, I think. Jesus. But, you know, even uh, Gene oh, Hackman. God. Yeah. Why not just stick bloody Morgan Freeman in there I don't care put him in there instead Yeah The thing about that that scene that sequence with Tim Robbins is it's clearly supposed to become very claustrophobic all of a sudden Anyway I've yeah I've said my bit about uh, Tim Robbins I just think that whole scene there's Fine. two things it's not just Tim Robbins I, I think thought also we're supposed to
1: be moving on from what we don't like
0: <laughs> yeah, we are. But I said yeah, there was okay, one more okay. that I'd come back right. to. Oh, fine, fine. I also think Spielberg gets a little bit too carried away with his smart, slick camera moves in that sequence for it to be genuinely as tense as it should be. I think if he'd oh, right, used okay. a slightly more stable approach, mm. it might have amped up. I'm not telling Spielberg <laughs> how to make films. Jesus Christ, no, I'm not fine. doing that. <laughs> but
1: it, it's, a bit, it's a bit long, though. Uh, it and is it's bit, too long, it, yeah. it's It's too long and it's a bit annoying because you get you basically get the same scene one with the kind of i don't know I want to call it a sentinel thing like a, the camera uh, on yeah. the, on the the snake camera coming down and looking at them yeah. and then you get the exact same scene again with four or five of the aliens coming into the into the place so it's like they're in that they're in that place for a long time but i guess yeah. it's the film shifts at that point but it's also it's the device the film is using it's saying we're going to stick with these characters and only see what they see and it's way too much to show you the scope and the scale of how things are progressing as it's progressing so we're going to hide you from this for a while so that by the time tom cruise comes out again the place is covered in these red vines that are like i guess they're terraforming that's what and, it looks and
0: like. not just that you when know. when he actually does go out and he I mean, that's another thing that annoys me is there's a good 10 minutes of the film where the only dialogue is Tom Cruise shouting, Rachel! But yeah, when Tom Cruise goes out onto the, the cusp of the hill and looks out and, and the whole sky and fields are red with human blood. Yeah, yeah. How the hell does someone manage to get that past Christian senses in America yeah. into a film that you can take children to? Uh. It's apocalypse. It's brilliant is what it is. So yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately it does sort sort of start to go downhill from there. There's still visually exciting stuff of them getting caught up in the tripods and the tripods getting blown mm-hmm. up and then everything starts to die. I just think we spend a little bit too long in Ogilvy's basement and not enough time seeing the tripods die. Like they emerge I, and then agree, suddenly yeah. they're dead.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the scene that should have been drawn out. Yeah. Is working out exactly what's going on
0: we get told that they're like walking in circles going crazy falling over yeah show me that i want to
1: see because yeah, that yeah, would yeah. be genuinely quite scary i think. yeah and and then there's your war bit that we haven't seen yet exactly it's yeah. watched from and, the ground yeah and let them have let the humans have their attack but then realize that the reason why they were able to do it was because they were sick
0: Which is ultimately where they get to. The
1: aliens got a bit of flu.
0: Well, it is what it is. It's the common cold, isn't it? You get a little bit of it at the end when they're firing rockets at that one. Yeah. And it comes down through the building. And it still looks amazing. Yeah. But there's nowhere
1: left to go after that. Exactly. And so they do that. And it's like, yay, we got one. So we defeated them. (laughs) And the assumption is that that's happening all over the world. But we don't know because communications are down. And I I don't know. I, I... I inserted it later but I totally thought that when the alien comes out of the pod at the end. Yeah. You see him like sneeze or something like <laughs> but you you don't. No you don't. You don't. Thankfully. He just got kind of, he is he, petrified he kind of li- li- turns to stone almost. It's yeah, it's kind right. of weird. Um I guess that's just the effect the virus has on them. The tripods themselves look it like looks they're like throwing they're organic. up. Though. Yeah, they're organic. Yeah. Or they have organic components, because there's like an anus, basically, that pulls Tom Cruise up, that he, you know, drops his grenades into it. Yeah. Certainly a sphincter. It is a sphincter.
0: Yeah. So, you've not tried to hide in the past that you're a die-hard sci-fi fan, or a die-sci-fi fan? Yeah, die-sci-fi fan. What did you think of the design of the aliens themselves, the actual, the pilots, if you will?
1: It, it was good, but also, it's, there was zero novel. Yeah. so you've got to tread that line of like do we make them so weird that people don't recognise them as aliens do we make them something that people have clearly come to know as aliens they are the Independence Day aliens which yeah. is kind of annoying uh, or there's some take on the grey alien the other thing is though if Independence Day is an HG Wells thing then they're trying to stay true to the description in the HG Wells novel to some degree there's the three fingers with suction cups on the end That mirror and match the so each tripod leg has three legs at the bottom of it as well. So it's like they're not actually legs; they're walking on hands. It's there's something about about it that matches the design of the tripods, the design of the aliens, the same way that the face of a car might. We think a face of a car looks like a face, you know. Yeah. Or cells
0: at a microscopic level seem to emulate planets
1: right and so there's exactly there's that thing and you know cities and circuit boards and yeah. you know it, there's this kind of stuff so so in that sense it's like well you don't want to depart too much from what what's recognizable and so making the aliens look like they're or making the tripods look like the aliens whichever way around that actually makes sense too it's a million billion times better than the 1953 design sure yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there's no comparison he would expect it to
0: but i think at this yeah. point it is very difficult to come up with a an interesting and original and plausible design for an
1: alien. Yeah. Without making it just humanoid. In terms of movie making, you need to do a lot of back story explanation about an alien that's gonna be any different from that. About why. Why they're the shape they are. So that when we see them they we don't just go, that's ridiculous. You don't have floating orbs as because yeah, yeah. you know, then you've got to give them all these your psychic powers or something if you just yeah. make them a floating orb and then we think they're technological. So I don't know where else you can go with it. They looked good, the, the aliens. They were believable. It, I thought the effect was great. And, and again that's they're one of the things that I say is seamless. You know, Classics, buddy. No shirtlessness. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. When? When he goes to bed at the beginning. Rips oh, his shirt off and that. falls on his bed. Well, it's a tick. Yeah, it's gratuitous as well. There's no need for it. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, not being rich, but definitely I will, not in this one. I, w- you know, the opposite of being rich. But I will say that that's part that comes back into the Cruiserverse. It fits with where he's at in his journey, and then he realizes, shit! If I am going to be a good dad, I better make some bank so that I can get my daughter that expensive hummus. Yeah, and so that's when he decides he's to start developing Jack Reacher character. He still wants to be all American, you know, guy sort of humble living, but he needs to make a shit ton of cash.
0: See, I think Jack Reacher came about from the merging of the super skills of Ethan Hunt and the blue collar warrior of Ray Ferrier.
1: Absolutely. It's that's the, exactly it's the what I'm saying. Middle ground. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's it. That's right. Um, and he's taking those jobs. Cause they like those, are, that's just all him, the Jack Reacher jobs, but he's, he's basically doing Ethan Hunt stuff, but that's him, you know, looking out for the, for the little guy, for the little guy. Yeah. yeah. Biggest tick for me. In the classics, running. It is one of the biggest runnings. It is. Like, he's running. The whole movie is running. There, there are scenes in this film where all you can see is. This people say, Look, Tom, I'm working a new project. sci fi stuff. And Tom's going, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you we've know. done it, buddy. We did Minority Report. And he's like, No. One word, Tom. Running. He could have even pitched the it whole to him movie. as. Just running.
0: Running from aliens. What? Running. That's the title of the film. That's two of my favorite things <laughs> running
1: and aliens. <laughs> Yeah, running from aliens running from aliens and you know throughout the whole film he's like yeah I'm working on this new project it's called running from aliens <laughs> Spielberg he's telling everyone about it and they're like dude that's war of the worlds no no it's not no, Tim it's Robbins not. is you know no, coming
0: coming going in like knocking on Spielberg's trailer Steve I, I'm, Steve i just had a really disconcerting conversation with Tom I'm not sure that he's okay um I mentioned war of the worlds to him and he looked like yeah. Looked at me like I just uh, farted on his Christmas cake. Why does he think this film's called Running with Aliens? <laughs> running with <laughs> aliens. Running with running, <laughs> running with aliens. Running. Isn't there? A <laughs> it's film? just called Running. With... running <laughs> with... Exclamation mark <laughs> with, with, with aliens. aliens. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's it. That is what Tom Cruise thinks it's called. What is that? Walking with dinosaurs thing. Um, <laughs> walking. With dinosaurs, <laughs> just a guy walking in. In the background, walking, there's a stegosaurus. Just a little dinosaur in the background, just say like, there he is over there. Tim Robbins is Shawshanking his way out of that. Um, uh,
0: oh man! Basement. He even there That's, was like it was like there was a little all Robbins he needed verse. Was a poster
1: covering the hole, and it would have been great.
0: Right, but exactly though, he's covering up his little exit points. He even has a line about, um, "I'm dead set on living," and his philosophy in. Shawshank is get busy living or get busy dying. Are you, oh god, I didn't realise that. And Jesus, but, it's terrible. But I did see everything about what I hate about Tim Robbins. <laughs> but yeah, the way he when he says I'm dead set on living, and then he goes huh, dead set on living. Like, oh fuck yeah, you, Tim! It's a really bad
1: line. It's, and it it's looked like an ad lib. It didn't look like a a it's written just... line. I, I don't know. I I know we get you hate you hate Tim Robbins in this. I, I think you can watch it without getting annoyed with him. Yeah, I just think. No, you an, can. You can. He's an he's an annoying character. Uh, anyway, so in that sense, it works for me that the actors aren't yeah, great. Fine, you know. So, but is he also a bit of a pedo? Is that going on as well in this? Well,
0: obviously they can't state it. Yes, I thought that. I think it's subtext. Trapping there, a little girl in your basement definitely has undertones.
1: And there's something about those those lines that. He's like he's looking he's staring at her and he says, "I'm glad you're okay." Yeah, and he goes to Tom Cruise, "You're okay too, right?" Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's, it's little things like that. And then when he's there, he's saying to her, "If something happens to your dad, I'll look after you." It's just like this doesn't feel right. Yeah, you know, they're they're making it e- easy f- for us to like want him dead. Like we don't care that he's he's killed.
0: Anyway, classics. Uh, we get a flip out. When he throws the uh, peanut butter at the window.
1: <laughs> I like that scene. Great. I laughed. Really good. I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good, good Tom Cruise flip out. Totally appropriate as well. But that's the, that's all I got, really. The only other
0: thing is... Because I don't think he's even really got the voice of reason in this. The only other thing that I've got is... He's the best damn crane driver in the world. Which goes back right. to... He always has to have this mastery of, of something. Of some skill. Yeah.
1: He apparently can pull... Grenade pins out with his teeth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, when inside an alien anus. Yeah,
1: that's that's pretty good mastery of of skill skill. that That nobody will ever have practice to develop.
0: Now, does does anything that he does in this film classify as jumping off of things? The boat, they
1: jump off the boat, the ferry.
0: Fair enough. I think we're saying though, not a big film for the uh, Cruise classics.
1: He doesn't get some. He certainly does not. What was the point in this the film. family, like, in, the, in this film? What was the point in this film? What's was the point in, the he meets a friend of his who's got a daughter at the ferry. Yeah. Are we supposed to think that, like, she's his girlfriend or something? Or I got the impression that he might have
0: uh, had Something's a little thing happened. with her. So. Yeah. But more it was just, I think that was to show there's a woman who's got her daughter with her. His neighbor had her daughter, do- her child. I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Amy Ryan. But then when he sees this woman that he knows and he knows her daughter, she says, is this your daughter to him? Which just right. solidifies for us that he doesn't spend any time with his kids.
1: Fine, like, okay. They've never even seen his kids. And it looks like, you know, he's got this token room for them that, you know, they've been visiting, but the room is there for them. Yeah,
0: his 16 year old son has to sleep in a car bed. You know that tells you everything you need to know.
1: Yeah, so he had the room when they were younger, but he's never updated it. And it's one of those rooms in the house. It's like it's the only room he can, he needs. You need a room for your children to sleep, and otherwise they don't, they can't visit. You know, obviously. And
0: that was that's- the other thing I like about the the family stuff, because it's mm. another thing that annoys me. A little Wait, bit in Wait, you
1: liked something about the family stuff?
0: I know I like quite a lot about it. There was a real effort, I think, to uh, cast people around Tom Cruise. So, Miranda Otto, Dakota Fanning, and whatever that kid was called, Justin something. You could believably say that they are all related to those two parents. Like, I thought he looked enough like Tom Cruise and she looked enough like Miranda Otto. Oh, yeah, you believe they're a family. yeah. And yeah. that stuff always takes me out of films. When they just cast, like, yeah. a dark-featured kid with a blonde, blue-eyed parent, you're like, yeah. what? No, you don't look anything like one another. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I liked that. I thought that was, I appreciated that. Numbers? It's your numbers! Budget! That was my impression of the uh, tripod. Yeah, I got it, man. That was good. $132 million. Wow.
1: What was Titanic out of interest? You know, roughly. It just was about 200 Just for a scale. I'm just looking for a scale. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty high then, $132 yeah. mil. Salary? Right.
0: Nothing up front jokes 20% of the profits
1: which so was... if i
0: tell you that the worldwide gross on its cinematic release was 591 million not bad very very high yeah if you include dvd sales in the first year it's 704 million fucking hell. and if we say that at a budget of 132 let's say carve off the first 300 million in gross as a you know, making its money back. So it's got about four hundred million in profit. Yeah. He's carved twenty percent of that. Eighty million at least. Eighty million at least.
1: And you'd never get eighty million salary. No. And he's not a producer on this, I don't think. Right. But nobody's ever earned eighty million.
0: Not as an upfront salary, no. No. So So well done. Tom.
1: sense. I'll take I'll take nothing, but I will take twenty percent of the profits. And he's still making money on it. I just paid him. Oh, he's making residuals. By renting so, it.
0: Me too. I just gave him... Uh, what did I just give him? Like pound fifty.
1: Jesus, that's so <laughs> generous.
0: Tom, you're welcome. Cruise. You're welcome. Go get yourself a PB&J.
1: It's your numbers. I actually didn't write any lines down for this one. I wrote down two. One I quite liked, because it was actually my favourite line from the 53 one. It was repeated in this. Okay. And that was um in the 53 one it's a general saying it and this one it's the news anchor she's saying it and she's basically telling tom cruise what's going on and she's saying when tripods start to move no news comes out of that area Mm. and it's it's quite nice because it's it's a it's a really succinct way of explaining to you we're fucked we're a society that relies very much on the spread of information we've been crippled within an hour our infrastructure is completely down there's no, we have no hope. So I, I like that. That was a good line. There's a nice moment at the end of that scene
0: because <laughs> they're a news crew that have, they have a working van. Good for them. And they're sifting through the remains of a plane crash to get bottled water, food, all yeah, this sort of stuff. It's amazing. And then the tripod sound comes and they're going to hit the road. And here's Tom Cruise. He looks like he's in pretty good shape. He doesn't look like he's been beat up or in a crash yeah, or no. anything like that. He's obviously smart and athletic and that. And they're about to bomb off in this van. And the woman, like, stops and looks at him. And I thought she was going to say, why don't you come with us? Yeah, so did I. But instead, she says, were you in that plane crash? No. Shame. It would have been a good story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's supposed to be a joke, right? But it's stupid and unbelievable. So it's not a funny line, right? I didn't take it It as a joke. I took that as a commentary. No. I, I think it, it ends up being better as a commentary. Yeah. I think it's a I think there will be people that would laugh at it, is what I'm that's what I mean. As clued up as this woman is on what's going on, she's literally just telling Tom Cruise the news. Like she is so chronically a news anchor, <laughs> she has to report the news to someone. Yeah, it's true. You know, I tried to tell Tokyo, I tried to tell London, <laughs> I couldn't tell any of these. No people. one's listening to me, so I'm Let telling tell you. you news. <laughs> Let me tell you my news. And it's like and then her follow-up is, Are you also a story? So it's in a way, it, it is a commentary on how even when the world's coming to an end, we can't give up on the things that we're used to, the things that we've, we, we cling to for comfort.
0: It's something that Cloverfield did really well as well, the first Cloverfield. When the head of the Statue of Liberty comes crashing down the street, the next thing you see is an army of people walking forward with their glowing phones, taking film of it. It's the instinctive yeah. thing to do now. Capture the drama. Don't run don't help, don't yeah. witness, capture it. Because it might make you famous.
1: Right, but that's also the thing, is that you see 200 people taking a photo of something, it's like, you really don't need to. You're going to be able to find that photo online. Exactly. So, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Get out of there. And it's like, i really like to think that I wouldn't be one of the people that stopped and filmed something on their phone. Just so that I could show it to my friends on my phone. I film this. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, get out of there and and i think that that commentary is quite common in disaster movies because it's really saying we are uh, constant message in all these movies is that you are not ready you are not prepared for these potential things you just don't know how to handle or to be prepared for these things i think that's true of most people also do i want to be prepared do i want to do do i want to live in that way do i want to live in a way where i'm prepared for these things most people would say well no i i can't be bothered you had another line it was that scene that great scene in the car where the camera's panning around They're they're going down the freeway the son is like just starting on his ideas starting to reveal his ideas about wanting to go and fight and he's saying we're going the wrong way ray we need to be going he's calling his dad ray and he says Whenever this ray shit it's dad or mr ferrier that sounds a little weird to me but you decide I, I like that. I love the way Tom Cruise delivers that line. It's like that, that sounds a little weird to me, but that's it. That's the choice. You know, mm. dad or Mr. Ferrier. I, I quite like that. And I quite like all a lot of those moments where he's basically just being a shit dad. Yeah. And
0: it really, yeah. it creeps me out a little bit. The second time he says, here he is, you know, when they're, they're trying to reacclimatize, cause when his son gets out of the car at the beginning, he goes, oh, yeah. here he is. And it's like, I don't know, that's in that hinterland, isn't it? Of, familiarity and i want to make this person feel comfortable but at the same time i don't really know them well enough to say hey great to see you buddy yeah it's you know. awkward deliberately and it's good yeah it's well done and in the back garden he says yeah. it again when he wants to have the the throw around with him here he is and it's just it's a great shorthand of saying oh dude i don't know what." and it's kind of great when dakota fanning says to him that's not how you're going to get through to him yeah I think there are individual images in the build up to the first attack that are very very striking you know particularly the storm uh, above the house there's a great great shot just the yes, way it's, it's framed lovely, with yes. you know mm. up from behind tom cruise but i always really liked although it's it's you know not massively subtle i really liked the way that tom cruise is framed through the hole in the window when he throws the baseball through it yeah this and it's an image it's that's for, it's foreshadowing.
1: It's repeated the, the several scene, times, but yeah.
0: as a way of encapsulating where that character is at that point, there's something very, very impactful about that. I think. And
1: well, I think what the with all of that, it's so it's looking through glass, um, and honing in on something, which is all about the microscopic. That's what micro. That's what a microscope is. You're you're focusing in on something, looking through glass, and that's that themes throughout. And I I did I noticed it. It's it's actually, it's quite a nice touch, but that's one of those things that Spielberg, again, does really well to give you a sense that you're in good storytelling hands, whether you're conscious of it or not. It it does, it creates a mood, it creates an effect. Mm-hmm. And I, I think those things are good. It's good to be deliberate about those kinds of things. Yeah, it's one of those, it's a recurring theme throughout throughout the film. Observing and viewing and watching and looking are all themes in this. Having said all of that, I don't, it's not enough to make the film good it's like you could have got those are all the good things about it right and there are lots of good things about it Mm. it's just it fails it tips that just that side of failure for me because those things aren't good enough
0: well i mean it's interesting that we you know we sort of got there at the end then before we rank it you obviously started off by saying it's not the monumental disappointment that it was for you in 2005 No, no but you'd still tip on the negative side
1: of the scale would you i have to yeah, I, do, I, I have to because uh, because I'm disappointed. Not because it necessarily deserves a lower credit. It's mm. because I expect better from Spielberg. And that might not be a fair way of ranking someone or a film. It's the way I'm going to rank it though. I, I mean, I'm putting it below collateral and above all the right moves. So it's quite far down my list now.
0: In terms of a favourite Tom Cruise film, it's nowhere near the, the, the best of them. I think it's that thing of expectation, though, where, because I hadn't watched it in so long, and I knew that I didn't love it, but I remembered there being good things in it, I was really surprised at how much I'm genuinely in awe of bits of it. There's imagery in it that is absolutely stunning. I think there's plenty going on under the surface. There are just enough elements. It's just not good enough but i tip on the positive side of the scale okay. i think it's okay. i still think it's a very very good film and i think tom cruise is very good in it as well
1: i think that it, it, but again this is the it's the spielberg kubrick thing i would love to see a kubrick version of this can you imagine kubrick doing all this well the no years? i
0: can't because i don't know what that would be it's, it's, he never did anything like this
1: he didn't and the closest thing that he could have possibly done would have been ai but, but he, even i mean that. imagine Would have been. Imagine
0: Full Metal Jacket in the War of the Worlds realm. That's what you're talking about, because that's Full Metal Jacket is his war movie, right? God, it would have been horrible. I just can't imagine what what that is. So it doesn't. doesn't Kubrick doing
1: worldwide apocalypse.
0: (laughs) But he wouldn't, is what I'm saying. He'd he'd do it on an even more microscopic level. So I mean, in terms of ranking, it's really tricky because on the one hand, I actually enjoyed this this time. More than I enjoyed Minority Report this time. That's interesting. But that's entirely because of expectation. So I'm actually going to put it below collateral, but above the firm. Okay. So it's about the same. Yeah. Well, that was War of the Worlds. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to come back for another mission. Impossible 3. Next time. Finally. On the Finally. cruise Finally. coast. Yes, after six years. Mission Impossible 3, looking forward to seeing it again.
1: Me too. Uh, until next time.
0: Don't forget, you can Jack us at The Arnithology on Twitter, The Arnithology on Facebook, and The Arnithology at gmail.com.